As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Monday the 18th of December. I'm Ian McIntosh and on today's show... Arsenal go top as Liverpool and Manchester United grind out a dull goalless draw. Saka with a corner kick. And it's been put in by Gabriel Jesus. Barcelona fail to win again. How bad could this get? Javi doesn't have that institutional support that he had before, so he's down to how the team do on the pitch. And how much fun is the Bundesliga this year? Even when they face opposition who they should comfortably beat, there's been so much style and panache with which they play their football. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Ian McIntosh. It's been another manic weekend, so let's dive straight into the roundup. It was goalless in the big one between Liverpool and Manchester United, which means that Arsenal are the new leaders of the Premier League. The Gunners evaded the sort of banana skin that might have felled them in recent years, beating Brighton 2-0 at the Emirates. Here's Havertz. Havertz throw on goal. Elsewhere, Manchester City squandered a two-goal lead at home to Crystal Palace on Saturday. That draw means they've only picked up seven points in their last six league games. They're fourth, one point ahead of Spurs, who beat Forest 2-0 on Friday, and four behind Aston Villa, who came from behind to win at Brentford. Oh, that's helped on and into the nets! It just had to be the former Brentford striker, Oli Watkins. In Spain, Real Madrid eased past Villarreal to take top spot. Modric, there is Bellingham, who's brilliant in the air. He can't stop scoring. Girona play Alaves tonight. Barcelona drew 1-1 with Valencia on Saturday. More on that in a moment. And Sevilla sacked manager Diego Alonso after just nine weeks in charge. They're now looking for their fifth manager in little over a year. Oof. In Italy, Inter's 2-0 win over Lazio means that they are now four points clear at the top of the table after Juventus drew 1-1 with Genoa on Friday. The old lady remains in second place. Milan a third, they beat Monza 3-0 on Sunday and Jose Mourinho's Roma lost again. Beaten 2-0 by Bologna, their fifth defeat of the season. They're 16 points off the top. 
We'll talk about Germany later on in the show, but in France, PSG blew the chance to go seven points clear at the top. An injury time equaliser from Lille's Jonathan David cancelling out Kylian Mbappe's penalty. Uno shot, deflected, David, 1-1. It's not all bad for the Parisians, though. Second place Nice lost 3-1 at Le Havre on Saturday. Well, the biggest game of the weekend turned out to be the dampest of squibs. Liverpool dominated possession. They racked up 34 chances, but very few good ones. And thus, they were held at bay by Manchester United. James Pearce is our Liverpool correspondent. He was at Anfield on Sunday. James, what went wrong? Why couldn't they convert all of that possession and all of those shots into anything? Yeah, desperately frustrating afternoon for Liverpool. 34 shots against Manchester United, the most they've had in a Premier League game without scoring. And I think far too often decision-making let them down. I think there was a lack of composure when they did get into good areas. You know, I think people panicking and snatching at chances rather than staying calm and and composed. And, you know, I, I I think part of that is a confidence issue. I think when you when you look at it, Darwin Nunes now hasn't scored in his last 10 appearances in all competitions, hasn't scored in the Premier League since October. Luis Diaz, you know, his only goal in his last eight was against Lask in the in the Europa League. You know, I think as well as Liverpool have done this season, you know, and they've dug themselves out of some real holes, produced some real spirited fight backs. Um, there has been you know, a lack of fluency at, at times in that final third. And that certainly cost them, you know, on a day when Man United did a pretty good job in terms of keeping Mo Salah quiet, you know, without him producing the heroics as he has so often in this fixture in recent years. No one else was able to step up. Laurie Whitwell was at Anfield too. Laurie, were United a bit fortunate? Or was this something of a defensive masterclass? I think it was a combination, really, of United actually having more resilience about their defensive shape. Um, I thought Rafa Varane, Luke Shaw, Johnny Evans um, and Diego Dello all played really well. And I don't think there was ever a sense that Liverpool were going to score, unlike last season when it felt like they were cutting through United and creating really great opportunities at will. Um, it, these felt a little bit more um, sporadic. Uh, there was a couple of really good chances, you know, for Cody Gakpo and Ibrahim Konate, but uh, I think United really were good value for the nil-nil draw in the end um, which is a real boon for Ten Ten Hag given the expectation going into this game was that Liverpool would blow United away they'd won all their games at home this season and United were very brittle and were fielding a team that had you know a lot of injuries a makeshift 11 really Um, but the togetherness that they showed the way that they understood each other's positions on the pitch spoke volumes for the fact that they do have uh, a grit about them and and it's not a a write-off of a season just yet so uh, a positive outcome for United and a, a good display. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. Barcelona are having a tricky spell. They were beaten 4-2 at home to surprise league leaders Hirona last week. They somehow contrived to lose to Royal Antwerp in the Champions League. And they relinquished the lead at Valencia on Saturday and had to settle for a 1-1 draw. Dermot Corrigan is the Athletic Spanish correspondent. Dermot, another disappointing scoreline. What was the performance like? The performance was okay. You know, Barca have been very up and down recently. They've gone to a bad spot and there were, there were moments in the game where they controlled against Valencia, but you can't expect Barca to, to dominate possession against Valencia to have more chances in the game. But they were never really in control. You know, went back and forward. It wasn't a typical Barca performance. When they were ahead, they were 1-0 up and Javi said afterwards, you know, we should have went 2-0 up, we should have killed the game. And maybe he's right. But then it, it wasn't a huge surprise that Valencia equalised either and it was a bad goal to give away. So Valencia were happy with the result. Barca were, were not. Xavi was very impressive in front of the journalists this week. He said that recently he was told he could be the Sir Alex Ferguson of Barcelona. Now he's being told that he might be sacked. I mean, could he be sacked? 
this is Barcelona. Nothing would surprise us at the minute. It's been, it's always in turmoil. You know, this a lot of this goes back to the summer when Deco came in as sporting director. Matteo Alemán left. He was going to go to Villa, then he stayed at Barca, then he was gone. Jordi Cruyff left as well, and they were people who were kind of in Javi's camp, more or less. Whereas Deco's come in, he's his own man. He's closer to Laporta. Javi doesn't have that institutional support that he had before, so he's down to how the team do on the pitch and the team are not doing well on the pitch. He might argue that, you know, some of the stuff that's going on off the pitch is affecting how the team team are going and he's been given players he didn't ask for, all that. Book stops with the results. Xavi's such a legend there, you know, he's like one of the best players in the club's history, one of the most loved by the fans, so it's difficult to remove him as coach. So that was probably going to give him breathing space. But, you know, past this season, who knows at this stage. Lots of stories in the press this week about the future of Robert Lewandowski. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, Lewandowski's under contract at Barca, a very nice contract for another three seasons, but he's not really earning that that money at the minute. Missed more chances, you know, was on one of the worst spells of his career. Xavi said after the game, you know, we should have taken our chances, we should have been more efficient in front of gold. He wasn't signaling anybody out, but if you've got, you know, supposedly world-class centre forward in the middle of your attack and you're making chances, you know, that's where the fingers are going to be pointed. Barca don't really have a backup to him, you know, Ferran Torres could come in. You know, maybe this Victor Roque will come in in January, see whether they have the, the room and their salary limit to do that. Lewandowski is going to have to turn around it himself, and he's starting to come under a lot of pressure from, from fans and pundits in Catalonia, and it's a, it's a really interesting one to watch. Barcelona are third in La Liga, but they are seven points behind leaders Real Madrid and six behind Girona. They do have Almeria at home on Wednesday, but if they lose that one, Xavi really will be in trouble. Well, we're building up for a very exciting season in Germany, which is not something that you get to say of the Bundesliga every year. Xabi Alonso's Bayer Leverkusen walloped Eintracht Frankfurt 3-0 yesterday. That's the same Eintracht Frankfurt that put five past Bayern last weekend. They're now four points ahead of the Bavarian champions, who shrugged off last weekend with a comfortable 3-0 win over Stuttgart. Pavlovic to chip that one in. Kim was up and Kane was there. With me now is the athletic Seb Stafford-Bloor. Seb, I feel like we're going to be asking this a lot over the next six months. Is it going to be Leverkusen this year or is it Neverkusen? Maybe Kusen, Ian. I think what's been really, really impressive is that during the course of this season, at no point has the conviction in Jabulonso's style of play dropped. Leverkusen's style has been very similar. Their rhythm has never really missed a beat. And as a package, it's been incredibly convincing. Even when they face opposition who they should comfortably beat, there's been so much style and panache with which they play their football. And there are so many weapons in that team. I feel like one of the things that get missed during the kind of the, the, the praise for Jabulonso's coaching is just how many attacking weapons he has in that side and just how much power there is in the various positions, particularly in the attacking six. It's hugely impressive. And I, I'm very confident. I think also they've been to most of the... I mean, they've been to the most dangerous place in the league. They've been to Munich. They've played Bayern off their own pitch and they've looked thoroughly convincing. A couple of missteps, probably should have beaten Dortmund a couple of weeks ago. That being said, they played extremely well that day and they're unbeaten. Heading into the Winterpause without having lost a game. It's, uh, it's enormously impressive. Bayern did look good against Stuttgart, though. Took an early lead, never really looked like losing it. Are things settling down for Thomas Tuchel after that aberration last weekend? Now, I want to call this game a little bit of a false indicator because Valve Stuttgart turned up. Goalkeeper Alexander Newbell made a, a terrible mistake early on and it seemed as if all the confidence in the side and all the conviction with which they've been playing their football drained away. And sadly, 
they look beaten within about 20 minutes, which is really sad because I, I think amongst the sort of the, the top Bundesliga sides, they've been playing the prettiest football in the in the competition. So yeah, Bayern put them away. It was pretty convincing in the end. 3-0 could have been worse. Really good Harry Kane performance. Really good Leroy Sané performance. I think what's going to be interesting is what they do over the winter because the threat to the team isn't necessarily the other teams in the division, Leverkusen aside. It's the lack of internal harmony and the pressure from the media. So one of the continuous themes throughout the season has been the lack of a holding six, the fabled holding six that Bayern is said to lack at the base of their midfield. And the expectation is that they should spend a lot of money on that over the course of the winter and shore up a defence which looked a lot better, much, much better against Stuttgart, but has had some really wobbly moments and has looked vulnerable to transitions and will need to be improved if they're well, to haul Leverkusen in, but also to make any hay in the Champions League. Well, there's not too much on the telly tonight, but there is a chance to see what Hirona are all about. They play Alaves on Play or ESPN Plus if you're in the US. There's probably more excitement on offer at the Champions League draw, which takes place at 11am today if you're in Britain, or took place before you woke up if you're in North America. Hey, there's just seven days until Christmas, and if, like me, you've left your shopping until the last minute, here's something that might help. You can gift someone a year of The Athletic for the low, low price of just 20 quid, or 20 bucks, depending on which side of the Atlantic you sit. That's over 70% off for a whole year of the best sports reporting in the world. Just type theathletic.com forward slash briefing for more info. That's theathletic.com forward slash briefing. And that's all for today's Daily Football Briefing. Thanks for listening. I've been Ian McIntosh. Your producer was Mike Zimmerman. And executive production is more of a state of mind. Michael Bailey will be with you tomorrow. In the meantime, have a great day. The Athletic. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub an official partner of The Athletic.